Clayton Kershaw is back. We got the news that the Dodgers are expected to sign Clayton Kershaw. We'll take a look at what the contract looks like, or at least what we know so far, what he can ex- or what we can expect from Clayton Kershaw as Dodgers fans, what the Dodgers can expect Clayton Kershaw. And then we'll take a look at some projections from Pakoda and uh, get irrationally, irrationally uh, upset or happy about them. So let's get locked on Dodgers. You are locked on Dodgers. Your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yo, 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 Dodger fans, welcome to Locked On Dodgers. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network. Locked on, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. New customers can join today and get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. This is the daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Dodgers, bringing you the smart fans perspective on our boys in blue. You can find us wherever you find podcasts and on YouTube simply by searching for Locked On Dodgers. And if you want to become an everyday, all you have to do is listen or watch every day which you can help yourself doing by subscribing wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. If this is your first time listening or watching, welcome. I'm Vince Amperio. That's my co-host, Jeff Snyder. Jeff and I are both lifelong Dodger fans that have been covering the team for a while now via this podcast, via other ways. And, uh, you know, we're somebody that likes the Dodgers. We more love the Dodgers, I would say. And we're here to talk about it every Monday through Friday for about 30 minutes. We're not quite insiders, but we're just here to bring you what we feel and think about the Dodgers, and sometimes that involves some uh, knowledgeable takes, and sometimes that involves just us talking. And there's probably going to be a little bit of both today because we have, for the second day in a row, the Dodgers have provided us with some news, Jeff. Yeah, and uh, for the second day in a row, it's very good news. Uh, yesterday's Ryan Brazier. This one, you know, as far as impact to the 2024 Dodgers, it's actually probably a lesser move. Uh, but as far as impact to my heart, it is a much bigger move. Uh, Clayton Kershaw is coming back to the Dodgers. We knew that the Dodgers wanted him back. Really, this was up to Kershaw. And we got news on Tuesday that Kershaw is coming back on a one-year deal with a player option for 2025, uh, which is which is kind of interesting. We'll dig into that in a little bit. But uh, I, I've always known Kershaw wasn't going to play for the Rangers. He wasn't going to go anywhere else. I've been nervous that he was going to retire, you know, um, and, and I think there's probably two things that have him coming back. One is that he's only 56 strikeouts away from 3000, as we've talked about. And the other is his last game that he pitched last year was really, really bad. Uh, maybe the worst of his career. And it would be uh, it would be awful for a first ballot Hall of Famer uh one of the best left-handed pitchers of all time to end his career on that note. And so uh, I think he agrees. And, and I think those are two of the main reasons that he's coming back. Uh, but I've always known deep down inside, if he does come back, it's going to be to the Dodgers. Yeah. Just, you know, for the Dodgers sake and you know, no offense to the Rangers, but even coming off after coming off a world series, you know, the Dodgers are a more attractive option and then for Kershaw's sake, you know, there's just so much more to it. Being with one team, you know, that it's something that doesn't happen as often anymore. And, you know, just having the 
the ability to know, you know, not have to learn anything new, not have to go through anything new. Uh, you know, the one thing I thought for Kershaw is that maybe he held off on signing, see how his rehab started off. And that's where I thought, you know, retirement could be in play because if you're the age he's at in terms of baseball age and you have four kids and you have to work your way back from a shoulder injury, like I can just see like, ah, you know what? Never mind. I don't need to come back from this. Like I've had a great career. I can, you know, hang them up and, and feel accomplished and not have to worry about anything. But once he signs with the Dodgers or, you know, once we've gotten news that he was signing, then I'm like, okay, he's all in on coming back, which yeah, then led me to believe that the three hit thousand strikeouts for sure. But I think just that sour taste of what his last start was, especially at being in the playoffs and, you know, I'm interested to see, when he does get to camp or if he does speak with media and just kind of what he does reveal to us in terms of what his thoughts are, what is, you know, for the future, for this significant, for the future of 2024, I think the player option kind of plays itself into, okay, if I'm not ready to pitch in 2024, I can come back in 2025 and, you know, do whatever I need to do. I'm sure he's communicated to the dot. Like it's one of those things where, I, I would feel like maybe he comes back and, you know, he says regular season I'm in if, if I can get, you know, four or five starts. And then postseason just depends on the state of the team at that point. And then 2025, he declines and ends up retiring. Or if he doesn't come back this year, then he comes back for 2025. And, again, I don't know if he goes through a full season. So there, there's just so much uh, unknown right now. But what we do know is that Clayton Kershaw is coming back, and that's a good thing. Yeah, I'm a little bit surprised that he made the decision this early uh, simply because, uh, you know, I, I don't know how far into his rehab is. I don't know what the rehab is like for this particular surgery. Uh, maybe he is confident uh, that he will be able to pitch this year. Uh, I kind of expect him to wait until May or so uh, when he was kind of had a better idea when he really realistically could be back on the mound. And, you know, we know he's planning on being back on the mound later this year. Uh, and maybe that is still the plan. Uh, I guess we'll see as far as the contract goes. Well, actually first, one other thing, our buddy Joe Holt said on Twitter uh, that if, if Kershaw's not joining the Rangers, when they're the reigning world champions, he's never going to the Rangers. He's a Dodger for life. And I think that, I, I think that's right. This does put to rest, I don't think we'll ever have to have another offseason of worrying is Clayton Kershaw going to sign with the Rangers? Because if that was going to happen, this would have been the offseason for it to happen. And it didn't. And so, yeah, Kershaw, I think Kershaw to the Rangers is completely uh, a non-issue ever again. Um, looking at the contract, I I would guess that the contract is a decent amount of money this year and very little money next year on the player option. Um because I, I'm guessing that, you know, you remember when Kershaw signed his big extension back in 2014, whenever that was, 2013, uh, his first big extension with the Dodgers. And uh, he kind of said that one of his big concerns about signing a long-term contract was not living up to it. He wasn't worried about being stuck in a contract. He was worried about not living up to his end of the deal. And, and I think there's probably going to be some of that with this deal, too, of you know, Kershaw, basically, if he doesn't live up to, if he doesn't get to pitch very much this year, that would make him want to come back next year. But he also probably wouldn't feel right taking money this year and next year. So I would guess somewhere around 10 million this year and like a 
$3 million player option. And I'm just pulling those numbers out, you know, uh, but that kind of arrangement where the player option is a much lower dollar amount. Uh, also, because like you hinted at, we don't know if he would pitch the whole season next year if he does come back. If he's just, you know, if he's 15 strikeouts away from 3,000 at the end of this season, then, you know, yeah, maybe he just comes back and makes a handful of starts and then rides off into the sunset. Yeah, I think for me, if he was going to sign, he was going to sign in spring training just for the simple fact of kind of what I mentioned before of if you have to work out and come back from this on your own on with your own you know personal trainer or your own time or your own whatever i think that's a lot harder than if you're committed and signed to a team you have you know access to everything the team has facilities everything else and you have that incentive like okay I, I, you can he can still retire like he can still start his rehab and say you know what i'm not feeling it and you know still retire whatever the case is but i think this is kind of some motive and incentive for him just a little bit of okay i am here I'm going to be with the team or in Arizona or wherever I'm going to be getting ready for the season. And, you know, I'm not by myself in Texas with the family having to go get up and go do this, you know, uh, therapy or whatever he has to do to get ready. So I think that's probably why he did it now just to get fully into it. Yeah. I, I think that's probably right. And, uh, you know, like you, uh, you mentioned, he can still retire. Uh, you know, it, it's, uh, he's not necessarily locked into this. And as I told somebody this afternoon, I'm even with Kershaw coming back, I'm still only 86% sure that I'll actually see him pitch for the Dodgers again. You know, I still think there's a real chance, not a, a, you know, I wouldn't say it's more likely than not, but I think there's a legitimate shot that rehab doesn't go right. And he decides that, he, he can't be the pitcher he wants to be, and he does decide to retire instead. Uh, but I am a little bit more confident that we'll see him again now that he has at least made this decision. So that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. So what can the Dodgers expect from Kershaw once he does get on the mound? We'll take a look at that. So make sure to keep it locked on Dodgers. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Happy Super Bowl week. To all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. And if you're like me, Super Bowl is not just about, well, it's not about watching your team because it's almost never about watching my team. But it's about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite snacks and uh, placing some bets or getting down those props from the Super Bowl. And, you know, commercials, halftime show, Usher uh, should be a good show. There's a lot to get excited about. But FanDuel has got me excited about putting some bets down because if you're a new customer right now, you can join and get $200 in bonus bets. If your first bet of $5 or more wins, that's right. All you gotta do is put a $5 bet down. If that bet wins, you have $200 in bonus bets to put on some other bets. There's a lot for you to bet on. There is the score of the game. There's how many points will be scored, who will win. There are who will score a touchdown, who will win MVP. There's a lot of different things to check out. So go to fanduel.com slash locked on to sign up and check out the app and see which $5 bet you want to place in order to win your $200 in bonus bets. So go to fanduel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 
We want to thank you for making Lockdown Dodgers your first listen of the day. Make sure to find us wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. We're here every Monday through Friday for about 30 minutes. And if you're already on YouTube, you can go to Lockdown Sports Today or Lockdown Sports Los Angeles, two 24-7 streaming channels from the Lockdown Podcast Network covering the news and stories and things going around in the sports world and the L.A. sports world from Lockdown hosts, Lockdown experts, and more. So go check those out and subscribe on YouTube. They're running all day, all night. So, uh, you know, there's no reason to not have them on if you need some background uh, noise. And we're here to talk about Clayton Kershaw. We talked about, you know, what the deal is and kind of how we feel about it and, and moving forward. But now we're let's look at some scenarios for the Dodgers specifically and what Clayton Kershaw does bring to the Dodgers. If he does pitch, it won't be till the very earliest July, probably more likely August. And, you know, Kershaw's still been good the, the last few years, even with, you know, velocity and things of that nature going down and, you know, injuries and, and stuff starting to pile up. He's still always been very good when healthy. Is that probably what we're looking towards for Kershaw if he does come back this year? Yeah, I think so. Uh, last year he was really, really good, and he dropped off near the end of the season. Even though he was still like his raw numbers were still pretty decent at the end of the season, his underlying numbers took a little bit of a dive. And so people who were looking at that weren't necessarily surprised that he struggled in the in the postseason. Maybe uh, surprised at the extent to which he was lousy in that game. But but uh, when he was healthy, he was really, really good because he is even though he used to have a very good fastball, he wasn't necessarily a fastball pitcher. He's got an elite curveball, an elite slider, and both of those pitches, he has learned how to adjust those so they still play well off the diminished fastball. And so if he can get healthy uh, and be as healthy as he was early last season, uh, yeah, I expect that same kind of success. And he was, I mean, he was a legitimate Cy Young contender until he got hurt last year. And so that's uh, when we're talking about that, like it's easy to overlook and just, you know, and and the fact is, I don't think the Dodgers, I think the Dodgers are viewing anything they get from Kershaw as a bonus this year. Uh, They definitely win to the off season. You know, Freddie Freeman described it as they had plan a plan B and plan C and they executed plan a. And I do think Kershaw was part of plan a, but another part of plan A was Yoshinobu Yamamoto and Tyler Glass now and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so anything they get from Kershaw will be a bonus. But I also think it's perfectly reasonable to think if he gets healthy, uh, he could be a legitimate contributor down the stretch and in, in October. Yeah, as long as he has that slider, he's still going to be good enough. Um you know, even if it's just fastball, well, fastball slider, cur- I mean, the curve has to kind of be there too. Uh, even though he's kind of gone away from the curve, using it as much the last few years. Uh, but the slider last year was tied for the eighth best pitch in terms of run value of all pitchers and all pitches. So it hit the, it's still there. Like it, it still gets the strikeouts. It still gets the movement. And like you said, he was. You know, we we probably had a, a segment last year talking about Clayton Kershaw. I'm pretty sure we did about, you know, Cy Young and, and being in that mix, especially since the NL as a whole was kind of down last year, pitching-wise. I mean, even toward the end, you know, Blake Snell and Logan Webb and, and Zach Gallen are all very good pitchers, but it wasn't any 
extreme cases of all oh, this was the best season ever by a pitcher. So, you know, Kershaw would have been in that mix had he been able to stay healthy. He still threw 131 innings last year. So, you know, had he been healthy and been able to get a couple more, he would have got into that 175 range realistically and, you know, would have been able to, to compete for that. So when it comes down to it, uh, you know, as far as we've seen, Kershaw is good. Uh, even when compromised, you, you know, that first run or that first inning last year, notwithstanding, that was one of those where I think if James Alderman gets that first out, maybe Kershaw still gives up runs, but I don't know if he gives up that many runs. And I think he gets out of that first inning. And I think it just kind of changes some things. But again, we can't say that for sure. But either way, as far as we know, as far as we've ever seen Clayton Kershaw, he's still a very, very good pitcher when healthy and, and, He's been healthy enough the last few years to still show those flashes, and there's no reason for us to believe that that's going to change. It's funny. You mentioned James Outman getting that ball. I had to, like, rack my brain to remember. I have blocked that series and especially that game out of my mind. I had to, like, force myself. I'm like, I, I was there. I can picture what happened. And But, yeah, uh, oh, man, thanks for bringing that up. Uh, we had an interesting I, – I got a DM from Doug Reynolds who uh, listens to the show. And he said that he talking about the player option for next year. He thinks that some of that motivation might be Kershaw, not just having his eyes on three, 3000 strikeouts, but also 234 wins, which would give him the Dodgers record. Uh, but that's 24 more wins. And so I, I was looking, I thought this was kind of interesting. So I thought I'd share it. Uh, Kershaw needs 24 more wins to pass Don Sutton. Uh, Kershaw's, Last 24 wins have come in his last 45 starts uh, for his career. It's been about 48 and a half starts per 24 wins. And so really he'd have to make somewhere between 45 and 49 more starts probably to get 24 more wins. It's hard to picture that happening under any circumstances because I mean, this year I'd say best case scenario this year is 10 starts. Uh, and that's like extreme best case scenario. And, and so that would mean if he made 10 starts this year, like he'd have to stay healthy all next year and uh, and get wins at a little bit higher rate than he has throughout his career. Uh, because even if he's healthy all year next year and 10 starts this year, that's like 42 starts. Uh, and maybe even less than that if they, because they'll probably be on a six man rotation next year with Otani back. And so, you know, all, all that, it just, uh, I'd love to see Kershaw to get, get to the 234 wins. Uh, and but it's not going to happen by the end of 2025. I, I just don't see any way that happens. And so, you know, maybe if he does come back this year and he's healthy all next year, and so he finishes 2025 with you know 228 wins or something, then maybe he says, oh yeah, I'm going to come back in 2026 and get those next six wins. But you know, it's at some point there's going to not be these personal accolades to to chase. And I do think some of it will come down to how the Dodgers do as a team. Um, you know, I've kind of said, I was joking today, talking to some of the other locked on hosts. Uh, I hope it's the Dodgers and the Orioles in the world series this year. Uh, and Clayton Kershaw can avenge Sandy Koufax because Koufax's career ended with losing to the Orioles in the world series in 1966. And so if Kershaw could beat the Orioles in the world series this year, and then right off into the sunset, um, you know, and that would, you know, like if he gets his 10 starts and does well enough that he gets his 56 strikeouts that he needs, if he gets a 3000 strikeouts this year, and then the Dodgers win the world series, 
I don't see any way in the world that he comes back next year. Um, but you know, chances are he won't get to 3000 strikeouts this year. And so, you know, if the Dodgers do win the world series, which, you know, in the next segment, we're going to talk about the fact that, uh, you know, they have as good a chance as anybody to do that. Um, you know, it, it would be interesting to see what his decision is next year, but at least we know it won't be Dodgers or Rangers. It will be Dodgers or retirement. Yeah. So, like you mentioned, uh, next segment, we're going to look at the Pakota projections and how they look for the Dodgers in comparison to the rest of the league. So that's what's coming up. So make sure to keep it locked on Dodgers. We want to thank you for being an everydayer. If you are an everydayer, what is an everydayer? That's someone that listens or watches every single day or close to it. You can do so by subscribing where we get podcasts and on YouTube. We're here for you every Monday through Friday for about 30 minutes. It's, uh, you know, not that much of an investment in your life to be an everydayer and be considered one of those people. And if you want to get beyond the podcast and become a Lockdown Dodgers insider, you can do so at joinsubtext.com slash Lockdown Dodgers. You can text directly with us and get our comments, reactions, thoughts on certain things, ask us questions. Ask us questions for the podcast, um, you know, in season, probably get some stuff from me when I'm down on the field before games and things of that nature. So make sure to go beyond the podcast, become a Lockdown Dodgers insider at joinsubtext.com slash Dodgers. All right, Jeff. So the Pakota projections came out and they are high on the Dodgers and they are higher on the Dodgers for the regular season than every other team minus or no, than every other team. They are higher in World Series winning odds than every other team but one. And it basically comes down to the Dodgers and the Braves. The Dodgers, they are uh, – the projections have them at around 101 – well, the, the official number is 101.1 wins in the regular season. Atlanta, 100.7. The World Series percentage of winning the World Series, Atlanta is at 18.7. Dodgers are at 17.1. Regardless of how you look at it, uh most expect those to be the two best teams in the league and uh, so the projections kind of weigh those out now pakota has been off on the dodgers below the last few years um but that's usually how projections kind of work anyways but uh 101 is a lot to be projected to win uh especially coming into a season yeah projections are almost always by definition conservative because uh, I, like it, it was only in the last few years that we even saw anybody projected to win a hundred games. And that's because the Dodgers have been so good recently. And, you know, the Dodgers and Braves both were like, even like you look at the two teams that played in the world series last year, the Rangers are projected to win 86.2 games, D-backs 85.2. And yeah, neither team was actually great in the regular season last year. Uh, that's, you know, basically just uh, a little bit less for each, each team than they won last year. Um, and so it's basically a conservative estimate, but all of these things are conservative. So when you think about this 101.9 wins as a conservative estimate, well, that makes sense because the Dodgers won hundred games last year with every pitcher being hurt. Uh, and then this year they added, like we've mentioned, Shohei Otani, Yoshinobu, Yamamoto, Teoscar Hernandez, Tyler Glasnow, uh, all these guys and the guys they subtracted, uh, you know, Julio, obviously, uh, but I mean, projections didn't actually expect Julio to be very good last year. Uh, so that's not necessarily a big loss as far as projections go. Um, you know, what they've lost is not nearly as much as what they've gained. And so, uh, I, I would think 
an actual realistic expectation would be a minimum of 105 wins for the Dodgers. I think anything less than 105 is probably, uh, oh, they probably underperformed a little bit. And uh, that's a good position to be in heading into the season, especially when that 85.2 wins for the D-backs projected, that's second place in the division. You know, you've got the the Giants expected to be exactly a 500 team, 81 and 81. Padres, 79.7 wins. Rockies, 58 and 104. Uh, like the division is not supposed to be very tough. And we've seen it when the division wasn't supposed to be tough. And we've seen it when the division was supposed to be tough. And both of those situations the last two years is Dodgers have run away with the division. It was the playoffs where they got uh, tripped up. And so I expect this year, I expect the Dodgers to run away with the division again. I think D-backs are going to be good. I do think D-backs will probably win more than the 85.2 games. I'd definitely take the over on that. But, you know, it, I'd probably take the under on 91. Uh, you know, and so if we're expecting at least 105 from the Dodgers and 91-ish from the D-backs, yeah, that's the Dodgers running away with the division. And, uh, yeah, it, it, it's fun to see projections that are supposed to be conservative with a three-digit win total. Yeah, we've seen the Dodgers have it a few ways the last few years. You know, in, in 2021, we saw the division go down to the last week or so. Then they end up not winning the division and then end up playing their first wild card game, winning that, beating the Giants, and then kind of running out of gas in the NLCS. We've seen them run away with the division the last couple of years and – us hoping it was more competitive uh, for the simple fact of them being competitive throughout the end of the season, still getting a buy in the playoffs and the new new format and then losing to a division rival. We've seen them, you know, a lot of different ways over the last few years. So I think it's for regular season. I think this season's one of the first ones where I'm not really concerned about if they have the division wrapped up September 1st or September 30th. Like I think it's one of those where this team, you would hope that the mindset of the players that have been here, uh, they can, you know, figure it out. You would hope that the mindset of the new guys that are coming here that maybe haven't had playoff success or haven't been in the playoffs, you know, bring a little bit different edge to them as well. And and you're kind of just hoping that they get through the season healthy more so than anything else. It's one of those where last year we weren't sure entirely how good the Dodgers were going to be. We thought it might be a little bit closer of a race in the division. Didn't end up being so uh, but the Dodgers, you know, were worse than they had been in a few years, barely winning 100 games. Uh, and now this year, you know, we're, we kind of have them sitting. I think I have them at 104 wins. So, yeah, we're, we're, we're similar in that vein. But it's one of those where now we're kind of looking at it. Okay, just make sure we get through the season healthy and hope everything's clicking once you get there. Yeah, and when you look into the actual specifics of how they're going to do it, according to these projections, Dodgers are projected to score the most runs in baseball and to allow the second fewest in the National League, fifth fewest overall. It's kind of interesting. The American League East has three of the top five as far as fewest runs allowed projected. Uh, the Yankees, Blue Jays, and Orioles. No, Yankees, Orioles, and Rays. And then the Blue Jays are just a little bit behind the Dodgers. So, yeah, the, the American League East is supposed to be not allowing very many runs. Uh, but, yeah, the Dodgers are supposed to be the highest scoring team and one of the best at preventing runs and that's a pretty good formula for winning uh it's probably the best formula for winning score a lot and don't allow many runs uh if they would do that formula in october 
that was in last year. They they did the don't allow many runs part pretty well in the second and third games of that series. It was just the scoring that they that they struggled on. So, uh, but it's uh, yeah, it it's going to be a fun season. Like it was going to be fun anyway with all these new players and everything. Uh, but just I don't know. Like last year was interesting with everybody picking the Padres to win the division. And you and I didn't pick the Padres to win the division. And some of that was homerism. Some of it was, you know, bias. But also, I think we, as people who pay very, very close attention to the Dodgers, had a better perspective on how good they were going to be. And, you know, we expected specific things that turned out to be true. Uh, And what we're seeing this year, again, like, I think you and I probably have a better feel than Pakoda or a national reporter on how good the Dodgers are going to be. And so I do think this 101.1 is a little bit low. Uh, and, and, you know, that's fun. Yeah. Uh, you know, definitely different. I mean, when you think about last season and, you know, both, like I said, both of us had the Dodgers still winning the division. I don't think either of us had them winning 100 games. Uh, but, and especially not the way it happened. I think, you know, I was on record as saying, the offense might not be as good, which is why I thought they're going to have so many more walk-off wins. And then it ended up being the offense being very, very good and the pitching being uh, the worst it's been in a long time for the Dodgers overall. Obviously, the second half was a little bit different story, but just the amount of arms they went through and everything that happened. And I think this year, last year there was uncertainty, and then that uncertainty bled into injuries, and then that led into you know what we got from the season. This year there's more certainty and even if injuries come into play, it'll be a lot different than what they were last year. Yeah, I don't remember exactly my predict, predicting, prediction last year. I know, I remember saying it wouldn't surprise me if they won 105 games. And I'm pretty sure what I said was I'd be surprised if they don't win at least 97. And so that in that range, you know, I guess I was close. But yeah, I mean, I, I did think, oh, this is probably the first year that we we don't get 100 wins in a while. Um, and, you know, they did get right there to 100. Uh, th- this Pakoda, by the way, it's uh, what it actually stands for is Player Empirical Comparison and Optimization Test Algorithm. Uh, what it actually means is, uh, hey, we're baseball nerds. Let's name something after some random obscure baseball player from the 80s, Bill Pakoda, who played for nine seasons from 1986 to 1994 and was kind of the definition of uh, your lackluster player. He played nine seasons and had 9.1 career war. Uh, So basically, you know, almost good enough to be on a roster for most of his nine seasons. Uh, But hey, let's name name a projection system after him. Uh, Bill Picotta is probably more famous for... uh, for being the name, the namesake of a projection system than he was ever going to be for anything he did on a baseball field. So, uh, so that's fun as somebody who has named plenty of things, including cars and children after baseball players. Uh, you know, although I didn't name my kids after obscure balls, play, but I've named plenty of cars after obscure baseball players. My first car was a 1979 Toyota Corolla named Porfirio Altamirano who pitched for the Phillies and Cubs in the 1980s. Uh, so, you know, uh, I, I, I'm a big fan of naming things after random baseball players. There we go. Right up your alley. So, uh, we need the Jeff Snyder projections. You have to find your obscure player and build a, an acronym out of it. I've also had cars named after Dusty Baker, Shooty Babbitt, and George Vukovic, in case you were wondering. That's a lot of cars. Yeah. <laughs> My current uh, car is named after Mike Trout because, you know, 
I, I got less creative in my old age. It happens. All right, Jeff, you got anything else you want to add? Uh, no, I am very happy about Clayton Kershaw being back. My mom, uh, we, we put out a, a call on Twitter, just asking people how they're feeling. My mom said, uh, where is it? Best Dodger news in a long, long time. So, uh, you know, in, in the, in the off season in which the Dodgers signed all the good free agents and traded for all the good players, uh, the Snyder family is more excited about Clayton Kershaw than any of it. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm with her, you know, it's, it's a different kind of good news. Shohei Otani, Yoshinobu Yamamoto, those were bigger news for the 2024 Dodgers. But like I said, for my heart, there's not much bigger news than Clayton Kershaw being back. Yeah, speaking of those two, Yamamoto was also seen at Camelback Ranch already. So that those guys are getting, getting their start to the season, getting ready to go. So that's exciting. And, uh, you know, we're excited for it. So that's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you all for listening. Thanks for making Lockdown Dodgers your first listen. Remember, we're here for you every Monday through Friday for about 30 minutes. Perfectly fit into your commute in the morning, going to the gym, getting ready for work or school or whatever you're doing. Or if not at any point throughout the day, you can also get lost myself you can find us on social media twitter and instagram at tiktok at locked on dodgers if you want something else on youtube you can do locked on sports today or locked on sports los angeles two 24 7 streaming channels from the lockdown podcast network covering the news and stories from around the world and the sport sports world and around the la sports world you can also go beyond the podcast and become a lockdown dodgers insider at jointsubtext.com lockdown dodgers to text directly with us you can find Jeff on Twitter at Snydog. I'm at Vincent's91. You can DM either of us on those if you need to get hold of us. You can also get a hold of us via email, lockdowndodgers at gmail.com or via voicemail text at 323-863-5625. We're here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be here with us when you're in your car. If you're at home, take my device play podcast, Lockdown Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. Have a good one. We'll talk to you tomorrow. <laughs>